Hello and welcome to the Real Girl podcast. It's Thursday, August the 20th. I'm Sean Qureshi and this week I'm going to be speaking to senior reporter Aurelia Sedhofer about the Dutch dental chain Curious and catching up with our new legal analyst Natasha Chan who's going to highlight the latest developments with the Pizza Express restructuring. So let's start with Curious. Aurelia, the company has put forward a detailed restructuring plan to lenders in early August. But first, how do we get to that point in the first place? Yes, so Curious operates over 200 dental clinics under various brands in the Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, Denmark and Italy. And the owner, EQT, acquired the company in 2017 with a buy and build strategy. But all the acquisitions and the necessary integration wasn't as smooth as expected and leverage continued to climb as it used RCF to fund acquisitions. The group also fell behind budget and last October its 268 million first lien term loan fell to 75 while its second lien loan was quoted in the mid-60s then. Additionally, Germany passed some legislation in March, which limited the expansion of dental facilities, uh, mainly to protect privately-owned clinics, and that had a negative impact on careers as well. Okay, and I assume that the COVID-19 pandemic and restrictions related to that were not conducive to the company's performance? No, the group had to close its clinic due to government restrictions, like many other businesses, of course, and that affected its ability to generate revenue from March onwards. And then year-to-date EBITDA to June was slightly negative. And even though clinics reopened at the end of April, um, auditors already said in Korea's 2019 report that uncertainty related to the COVID-19 pandemic and um, other difficulties is casting significant doubt over the group's ability to continue as a going concern. Okay, and what triggered the restructuring? Liquidity? Or was there a looming covenant breach? Well, the RCF has a springy net leverage um, covenant uh, set at 10.8, when drawn more than 40%. And in January, the company sponsored EQT provided an equity queue in the range of 15 million to 20 million to reduce the amounts drawn under the RCF to avoid a possible breach and increase the springing threshold to 50%. But by June, the RCF was fully drawn and it became clear that the capital structure in the current environment was just unsustainable. The interest payments were too high and would have prevented careers from defending market share um, as it emerges out of COVID-19 pandemic environments. So tell us a bit more about the restructuring proposal. The idea was a holistic restructuring plan, which would look like this. So about 70 million out of the original 343 million, if you include the RCF, uh, firstly in debt, would have been swapped into 25% equity warrants. And then another 75 million of the firstly in debt would be exchanged for a new PIC toggle note. And what would happen to the 64 million euros? Well, under the current proposal, that would get wiped out. However, discussions are still ongoing. And besides, the lender group needs to get at least 75% consent from creditors. As far as we know, the group only represents about 50% of lenders so far. 
So we will have to see how much concert they can get. And if they get to 75%, they could use an English scheme of arrangement. Or of course, if they get a 100% concert, they could implement a plan out of court. But it's all not completely set in stone yet. Thanks, Aurelia. Natasha, let's talk about Pizza Express. The group is heading towards a large capital structure change. But what's the background? Thanks, Sean. Yeah, that's right. So a couple of weeks ago, on August the 4th, Pizza Express announced the terms of its restructuring proposal. It also announced that over 75% of the holders of the group's SSNs and its sponsor Honey have entered into a lockup agreement to support the restructuring. We know that the group has been engaging with its sons, and the way the restructuring will be implemented depends predominantly on the level of consent obtained from them. The group has three major buckets of debt, its senior term loan facility, its SSNs, and its sons. The main aim of the restructuring is to reduce the group's gross debt from £735 million to £319 million. In broad terms, the restructuring will involve, firstly, a partial debt-for-equity swap of the SSNs into a controlling stake of the group's post-restructuring equity, about 63%, and new secured debt. Secondly, the provision of £144 million of new money backstopped by the ad hoc group of SSN holders. Participating SSN holders will be entitled to 35% of the post-restructuring equity. Thirdly, the full conversion of the sons into 1% of the post-restructuring equity, provided they consent to the restructuring. Otherwise, they will be left behind in the rump structure. And Honey, as part of this transaction, will receive 1% of the post-restructuring equity. Okay, so how's the group planning to implement the plan? We know that both a traditional scheme of arrangement or a new Part 26A restructuring plan, also known as the super scheme, both may be options. The STEPS plan, which was published together with the lockup agreement, sets out the different implementation options for the group. There are a number of possible permutations based on the level of consent received from the sons. We know that at least 75% of the SSN holders have locked up to the deal, so, as you've mentioned, the group should have the requisite majority to use a restructuring plan or a scheme to compromise the SSNs. Turning to the sons, if at least 75% consent is obtained, the choice will be simple. The group could choose to use a restructuring plan or, alternatively, launch a second scheme for the sons. It seems likely that if given the choice, the group would use a dual scheme approach, scheming both the SSNs and the sons, rather than take a chance with the relatively untested restructuring plan. However, if less than 75% of the sons approve the deal, the group could choose to use a restructuring plan and utilize the cross-class cram-down mechanism within the plan to compromise the sons. Alternatively, they could scheme the SSNs and use an enforcement process under the group's intercreditor agreement to transfer the shares in the holding company, which holds the group's operating entities, to the new go-forward group, and subsequently release the claims of the sons against this group. It will be interesting to see which route the group takes, as the restructuring plan has just been enacted, and the only company to have used it so far, and is still going through the process, is Virgin Atlantic. It could be that the group decides to use the tried and tested method of a scheme plus an enforcement process if they can't get sufficient sun consent, as that route would be much more certain. And has there been any dissent or challenge to the proposed restructuring plan at this stage? Have any alternative creditor groups formed? As I've mentioned, the deal so far has the sponsor and over 75% of SSNs on board. The sponsor owns a significant percentage of the sons too, around the 50% mark. 
However, we've heard that a secondary group of note holders who hold sons have formed. They've instructed law firm Paul Hastings. The group has formed to try to get a better deal for the sons, who, as things stand, will just receive 1% of the post-restructuring equity, and that's only if they consent to the deal. It's not quite clear what the exact strategy of the ad hoc group of son holders is as yet. This group could propose an alternative plan, but they would have to stump up a significant amount of cash in order for it to be attractive. Or they could try to challenge the implementation process of the deal at court hearings on the grounds of fairness or procedure. Okay, great. Apart from the group's financial restructuring, we've seen that the restaurant train is also using a company voluntary arrangement. What's the latest on the CBA? That's correct. So, the group formally launched its CVA this week, on August 18th. The CVA is a key element of the group's comprehensive restructuring plan and is aimed at temporarily reducing the group's rental obligations and improving the operational performance of the group. From the details of the CVA which have been published, we know that this will involve, for example, a reduction in the level of outstanding arrears for certain leases, temporary reductions of rent in respect of certain leases for a duration of three years, and a temporary move from quarterly to monthly rent. We know that Deloitte is acting as the nominee and will become the supervisor of the CVA if it's approved by creditors. As is the norm of CVAs, it will be passed if more than 75% of the group's unsecured creditors and at least 50% of unconnected creditors by value, attending and voting at the meeting, vote in favour. The group has announced that the CVA creditors meeting will be held virtually on the 4th of September. The challenge period for the CVA, if approved, will end on the 2nd of October. If successful, there could be closures of over 70 of the group's sites. It's important to note that the group's term loan lenders have waived any defaults that may be triggered by the group launching the CVA. The SSN and Sun holders have also agreed to amendments to their respective indentures to facilitate the CVA. This also means that a credit event was not triggered under the credit default swaps on the Suns upon the launching of the CBA. Okay, and as a final question, what's the timing? The group, in consultation with its SSN holders, was meant to make a call this week on which restructuring option will be implemented based on its ongoing discussions with the Sun holders. We will hear about the outcome soon enough. We know based on the lockup agreements that the group is aiming for the sanction hearing for their restructuring plan or scheme to be held by October the 28th, and for the Chapter 15 hearing in the US for recognition to be held by November the 4th. According to the lockup agreements, the group is aiming to complete its restructuring by the 15th of November. Thanks, Natasha. That's it from us this week. We will be back in two weeks' time.